Hello, welcome to Meetings Done Right. This is a podcast about running better meetings with the Table XI Inclusion Deck, uh, which is a deck of cards that you can play during your meetings to have various effects and tell people about various things that are happening in the meeting. Each episode of this podcast relates to a specific card in the deck, and this one is about the rabbit hole card, uh, which somebody is empowered to play when they feel like somebody on the team is going off on an irrelevant tangent. And we have a relevant guest here. Uh, Audrey, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Audrey Boyle, and I am a college professor. I teach the class personal branding and social media marketing at Forbes Business School, which is an online college. I'm also a comedian. I have a following and I do a lot with mom comedy. If you're a mom, hey, how you doing? That's my jam. Love it. And I I put out sketch comedy and I go live and I do various things in order to put a smile on a mom's face. So that is just a little bit about my story. I think that it's a good thing to be a funny professor, you know, like to have a professor that's funny helps you remember the information. So I've really incorporated my comedy in the classroom. Awesome. Audrey, we are so happy to have you here. Thank you. So let's go off on a tangent. Yes. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I actually think uh, in practice, I'm very likely to be the one you have to play this card for. But in equal measure, I'm probably the one who says, okay, like we're veering off track and we're not focusing on what we came here to do. It's just, it's one of my favorite cards. I feel very passionately about it. Yes. Love this card. Sometimes in a class situation, sometimes the tangents are the most interesting part, but in a focused meeting, it can be a way to derail and keep important things from happening or keep decisions from being made. Yes. Yes, absolutely. How do you know whether your meeting's going off on a good tangent or, or whether somebody's just wasting everybody's time? I think it's the body cues. You know, if you can tell when somebody's kind of checked out and they're not really paying attention to what you're saying, or they're trying to get snippets of what you're saying and they're going, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to expand upon that. I want to pay attention so much to what the expressions are on everyone's faces and whether they're really taking in the information that I'm saying. I like it. I also feel like sometimes, Noel, tangents build relationships. So there will be occasions where um, I think a meeting isn't quite off to the right start and we need to Mm -hmm. do some relationship building. Like maybe sometimes in a meeting with developers and business people, sometimes developers just hop right in and ask really technical questions, especially of like in a client situation where we haven't built the rapport to earn the right to ask those questions. So sometimes I'll back up and um, sort of lighten the mood and uh, talk about something adjacent Yes, I agree. And sometimes when you go into a meeting, you're still thinking about a project that you were working on. So it takes a good five to 10 minutes for you to go, oh, your brain to go, oh, wait, I'm in a meeting right now. I need to be paying attention. Right, right, right. And so that chit chat will help you kind of get in the groove like, hey, I'm actually talking to someone and I'm not in front of my computer. How can you tell that you've gone off on an unproductive tangent? unproductive is that it gets really quiet in the room. And so everybody's waiting for you to stop talking. And you notice that people are, they're kind of drawing breath, like, 
like they want to interject, but they don't know, like there's not a moment. And so they're like, you know, there's nothing that you could say. And so it's like, okay, you know, mentally you're thinking like, what am I saying? What am I talking about? Why can't I stop talking? And like, okay, I've gone off on a tangent. You know, we could talk about this all day. We got off the I've gone off on a tangent or what a rabbit hole that was. I use that all the time in meetings. Amazing. So it sounds like we're making a distinction between sort of a strategic use of going off topic to build trust or build some commonality among the team versus sort of accidentally veering off. As a developer in meetings, uh, we uh, are are sometimes known to go off into very weedsy details of things that probably don't need to be settled at that particular moment in time. Weedsy details. I really like that. That's a good way to describe it's it. It's going to be the name of my next band. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the bookends of a meeting. So you have your chit chat in the beginning and you maybe have it at the end, but once you get into the meat of the meeting, you shouldn't be going off on tangents, you know, but I, I think it's the kind of group member that you are. And I'm a, I'm a creative brainstorming kind of group member. So I may be just throwing out what's coming in my mind, looking towards the person who can see the big picture and maybe take in some of the ideas that I'm throwing out and, and process it. Sure. Yeah, I think brainstorming, again, to me, brainstorming sort of feels like the strategic use of going off topic, where, where sometimes like you are encouraging everybody to think very, very broadly about what the topic is. And, and that is, you know, that can be valuable. What you don't want to have is, I, I, I think, is a meeting where like half of the people think you're in a creative brainstorming meeting and half of the people don't. Absolutely. They're like, where are we? Well, how did we get here? Setting an agenda and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to actually let's brainstorm for some ideas and see if there's anything that comes out that is relative and we can run with and just kind of saying this is your time to shine when it comes to going down a rabbit hole. Let's do it. Yeah. One technique that I, I find helpful in like there are certain kinds of meetings, for example, uh, like a retrospective as a meeting where you are really specifically going from topic to topic. Sometimes in that kind of meeting, it will be played out except for like one or two people who still want to keep going around in circles on the same topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want to get their two cents in, right? Yeah. And then two more cents and then, you know, another nickel and all. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's something that's been bothering them in particular. They like sort of want to, like it, they need to get. Right. To so, and, and that's not like, there's some value in that, you know, to a point, but especially if you have like, if you're in a retrospective and you have, you know, 10 or 12 points that you want to get through, spending 20 minutes on that kind of thing is not a great use of time. Goodness, friends. I'm like, I'm, I got to be the worst. I get into a retro and uh, if there's something that's bugging me, I will die on that hill, making sure that everybody else understands <laughs> how much it bugs me. The worst. Uh, sure, I've done it. I'm not saying I haven't done it. You're like, guilty. I, I really like the the inclusion card so much because then everyone has a role because I think in some meetings, you know, you want to say something just so that you can, everybody knows that you're paying attention. And so maybe you are going on a rabbit hole or still talking about the same thing. It's just so you can be heard, you know, you sure. want to, you want to say something. So if you have another card, you can just use that, your abilities in a different direction. One thing that I've done in retrospectives that has actually been pretty effective is you actually, we actually have a little timer. Uh, that's set for like three minutes. And so when we start a new topic, the, we start the timer again for five minutes or something. The timer goes off and everybody immediately puts their hand out, thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether to continue on the topic. And that's a pretty good way of weeding out the case where like one person 
just wants to keep putting in their two cents and everybody else has checked out because they will thumbs down it. Whereas if people thumbs up it, then people feel like they're still getting value out of the topic, even though we've been talking about it for five minutes uh, and it might be worth another couple minutes. And then you set it for another three minutes if everybody says- Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And But you have to tell everybody that that's what you're doing at the beginning, because if you don't and the alarm goes off in the middle of somebody's <laughs> sentence, they get mad. So you need to say that you need to set that at the beginning. But I have found that to be pretty effective. And when people get used to it, it, it encourages people to sort of rein themselves in rather than get things to the point where, where people are voting on on it. But anyway, that's a technique that doesn't use the inclusion cards, but that I've had some success with. I like that. I think that if anybody has a thumbs up, though, besides the person who was just finishing their thought, they, they, they should continue it a little bit more because there may be something there was a reason why they have a thumbs up and they want to continue the conversation. Yeah. And sometimes in that case, you say like, OK, I see that there's 10 people here and two of you want to talk about it. Maybe that's something that you can cover mm-hmm. between the two of you after. Sure, sure. You know, on your own. I like on it. Your own. I've really effectively used the parking lot, which I think is actually something that I got from a like example Trello board that I occasionally use to run meetings. And I know that it's not unique to that, but just having a place to say like, this is totally valid, but that's not what here, we're here to talk about. So I'm going to put it in a parking lot has been really helpful. Yes. That's amazing thought that you had, you know, you guys should definitely continue this conversation outside of this meeting. Let's move on. But I definitely want to hear more about that in the future and what you've been able to come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of times the communication of like, we hear what you're saying. And even though this is not the, like the perfect time for it, that we, we should talk about this at some other time when 10 other people are not hanging yes. on, <laughs> waiting for their right. turn. Does this get more complicated in a remote meeting if not everybody's in the same room? I think it's it's easier to not get off on tangents when it's a remote meeting. I think it's very specific when everybody's in spe- different places and you have an agenda and you're just trying to get through the agenda. It's easier than when you're all in the same room and you're all drinking coffee mm-hmm. and you know, you're all hanging out in a social setting. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know, trying to finish your bagel. There's a bagel maybe, yeah. Right. It does feel more social in person. Yeah. It does seem like though that as a remote person, it's a little bit harder to catch the social cues that you were talking about a few minutes ago of people like trying to cut in. Absolutely. I, th- I think that um, if it's purely production, so if you, when you meet, rem- you have remote meetings it's usually purely production. Like it's get through the list of the agenda, get off the phone so that you can go on, do whatever. But when you meet in that social setting and you're all sitting in a conference room, it's usually innovation. So more ideas come out and you typically will end up in a rabbit hole. But sometimes you want rabbits. Yeah. Who doesn't like rabbits? Literally nobody. Don't like bunnies? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Bunnies, whatever. A lot of times, you know, uh, these podcasts are often remote, eff- effectively remote meetings because I'm very rarely in the same per- same same room with the people I'm recording with, and and knowing when to jump in and stop and move on to the next question is actually really challenging because in a small group, uh, you know, not being able to see the person usually, you don't have those social cues that you were talking about yes. to look for and to tell when it's a good time to jump in, which is where editing comes in. So that's an interesting thing. Noel, because I actually have noticed that you are like very thoughtful. You take some pauses. You make sure everyone is done speaking and then really gracefully ask the next question. I often think like, oh, man, I wonder if Noel is annoyed with me because I'm like, whatever. Let's just talk about things. And uh, you seem to handle it on the cuff. Noel's the best. I will say it's actually been incredible 
training, doing this, doing this sort of podcast. This is a, this is a rabbit hole. We are going off on a rabbit hole. But welcome to my tangent. Yeah, it has been very interesting training for normal conversations to have this practice of being in an interviewer mode, where the other person is supposed to do most of the talking and you normally let them. Because I am normally a I have something to say. I am going to jump in and say it right now kind of person. And doing this has been very interesting training to be not that, which has been interesting. And it has carried over to some extent. It's like parenting to a certain extent, I guess. You know, you have to be patient when you know what they're going to say, or you're like, no, no, of course I know what the answer is to this, but I'm going to let them have this teachable moment. Super deep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I actually was thinking that it's just like marriage because I was just telling someone that I feel like my marriage has really matured because if we have something to talk about, we don't have to like stop everything and talk about it right this very instant. Yes. We can like wait until everyone's heads are cooler or it's the right time or like the circumstances are conducive to a conversation. Yes. Marriage definitely has an agenda when you meet. You definitely are like, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Now that we've compared meetings to noticeably easy problems like parenting and marriage, I think that everybody will see the right way. Everybody will see the right way forward clearly. (laughs) Yes. No problem. Meetings are like international diplomacy. uh, This is meetings done right and made easy. You got it. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have a meeting to have a meeting. Uh, Noel, on our next podcast, uh, you and I can do, uh, We've so you do tech done right. We've done meetings done right. Next up is marriage done right and parenting done right. I really think it would round out the brand. Parenting podcast sounds, oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. Whoa. Yes. Hopefully it involves a little liquor. I don't know. <laughs> we have been asking everybody for an unrelated tip or, or, or trick or thing that they like to do in meetings, or in your case, I think in lectures too, to help things run better. What is your piece of advice? Uh, open-ended questions generally work well. And really um, setting the foundation that whatever they say isn't going to be wrong. Like, you know, as a professor, you always say like, there's no stupid questions, just ask it or take what I said and summarize it. Or if you have a point Say it, and then if you can illustrate it with an example, then you actually are really developing out your thought. So just kind of setting the stage for, okay, you can say whatever you want. You're not going to be considered to be stupid and bring your ideas, and we're going to stay on task for the agenda of the meeting So or the class. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a very good. One. good. It's interesting to me how often we get to really similar themes of communication, setting an agenda setting a safe an environment where people feel like they can speak freely. So the other thing we've been asking people is to share stories of their best and or the worst meeting they've ever had. So I was wondering if you have a story to share. I really love this question because there's so many things that I could say. Um, I think that walking meetings, when you're moving around, I think those are always amazing um, because when you're mm, those are great walk, you're just not even thinking about like your body language and how you're sitting and all the awkward things that people do when you're actually moving. You're just thinking, which I think is amazing. But I would say my my best meeting was a walking meeting, and my worst meeting was not setting an agenda. And so I think that I practiced after this meeting, like very casually saying like, okay, so what do you want to talk about on this call? Or what do you want to talk about while we're having this sit down? Or give me an idea of what we're, where we're going. Because I sat down with this person and I started talking to them 
And I was going back and forth and she was telling me all this information. And then we got to the end of the meeting and she said, well, what do you think that I can do for you? And I was like, what do you mean? And so we were on complete opposite spectrums. She thought this was a job interview. (laughs) And I was just meeting her for coffee to do networking. No. So... (laughs) That's bad. It was a disaster. So I said, well, what do you think? I said, well, you can maybe help me with a couple of things. And she's like, oh, I thought the purpose of this call was I was actually interviewing for a job. And now you're telling me you want me to just be an unpaid researcher. I was like, uh. Uh, So setting agenda, I think, is key. (laughs) That's that's so cringy. I don't even know what to do with that. I can't sit with it. (laughs) I had to like Roger Rabbit out of that coffee shop. I was like, oh, let me just, you know, moonwalk. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether we're releasing this in order, but by the time we hear this, Ashley and I, we've heard a few different bad meeting stories and that is definitely the the most uncomfortable. Well, listen, interviews can be some of the most, like interviewing a candidate or being interviewed yourself can just lead to so much awkwardness. Mm-hmm. I remember I had someone who um, volunteered that he was single and that he could work for me all the time. And I was like, wow, that's unnecessary, first of all. And second of all, I don't need you to work for me all the time. And I really don't want to know that you are single. I don't understand why I'm, why we're having this discussion. It was so awkward. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it was the worst. And I know in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, okay, well, get bring your sleeping bag and you can just set up in the conference room. I, he literally was like, I don't have anything going on. I don't have hobbies. I don't have a family. I don't have a wife. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm totally available. Like, wow, I just need you to work like 45 hours a week. Thank you. Like, it's going to be fine. Oh, gosh. I feel bad for him. I want to give him some like life coaching advice or something. I know. I know. It was in the middle of the recession. He needed a job like everybody else. I know. Poor guy. Okay. Well, this episode of cringing meetings. (laughs) That's going to be our theme music. No, I was just trying to pick our theme music, but it can just be me going. (laughs) I like it. I like Thanks. it. You'd be the only one. <laughs> yes. I love it. I want to hear that every day when I wake uh, up in the morning. <laughs> we'll set it as a we'll set it as a ring. Yeah. Our gift to you, Audrey. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes. You're delightful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Meetings Done Right Podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Inclusion Meeting Cards, order a set of your own, or find out about other episodes of this podcast, go to meetingsdoneright.co. That's meetingsdoneright, all one word, .co. You can also find out more about this podcast by searching for Meetings Done Right wherever you listen to podcasts. Leaving a review on Apple Podcasts will help people find the show. The Inclusion Meeting Cards and the Meeting Done Right podcast are produced by TableXI. TableXI is one of Inc. Magazine's best workplaces and a top-rated custom software development company on Clutch.co. Learn more about TableXI at TableXI.com. Meetings Done Right is hosted by Ashley Quinto-Powell and Noel Rappin and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening.